Welcome, everybody. I am Rod from the Murder Moose podcast, and with me today is Totally Drunk from the Handle Scare podcast. Hello, sir. Hey, good to uh, good to be here. You know, it's uh, not every day we get to podcast on my birthday, and you know, we're talking yeah. Japanese cinema, so I could not be more enthused than I am right now. So let's let's get into this. Yeah, we are definitely we're diving into Takashi Miike, um, one of the one of the more influential Japanese directors, at least when it comes to uh, America, American cinema, right? He is, the man has made such an impact that like Quentin Tarantino loves this man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was just talking about how uh, he did a uh, Sako Yaki Western Django, I think is how you pronounce it. If I, if I'm, if we kill any names in this, we're sorry. <laughs> we're 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 very very American. Um, he was the narrator in like the uh, for the film. He was like the the storyteller of it. And uh, from what I can tell and what I've been told, he had a uh, he saw audition pretty early on and ended up being the reason why audition got moved or got brought over to America. Um, so. Tarantino respects him and it makes a lot of sense to me because he he feels very much like a a crazier Quentin Tarantino, right? Like it's like you take ant like the Japanese cinema is very very for us Americans <laughs> it's very crazy, right? It's like mm-hmm. very like it's filled with like dark humor and it's filled with like I mean, Splatterhouse, you think of, for Americans, like, who don't watch Japanese cinema, if you think about the, the, the samurai scenes in Kill Bill, like, where she chops the guy's head off and blood is, like, squirting all over the, that's a lot of Japanese cinema. Mm -hmm. You go, you go watch things like, you go watch things like, uh, like Tokyo Gore Police, one movie that you and I have discussed multiple (laughs) times now, um, um, just the splatter house where they just overdo everything with blood. Um, so it's, it's it, the, the, the guy's known for that kind of over here, but you go look at his filmography and like the guy does everything. Like this guy goes from genre to genre. Uh, he does, he, he never stops directing. No, hey, we, he's a, he's a what, busy bee. Like this is someone who has done like musical comedies. He's done yeah. kid series uh, you know, yeah. he's done westerns. He focuses a lot on like crime drama because he does a lot yeah. of movies focused around the Yakuza or the yeah. Gaijin and a lot of things like that. So he's not yeah. really necessarily known for kind of like the like live action anime esque splatterhouse slash uh, mutation based yeah. movies that you know you and I are both a huge fan of too. <laughs> um, but yeah. it's just it's it's crazy because you know when you think about directors, there are only a few that I would say have that very distinctual style to their filmmaking. Yeah. And when I look at someone like Takashi Miike. I personally would put him more in like the Wes Anderson category where he just has that style to him where I can immediately point out, hey, Takashi Miike made this movie because he's so distinct in the the way that he approaches his filmmaking. And it makes a lot of sense that Terry Tina's a huge fan because they are two peas in the pod. And, you know, I I mentioned I just watched uh, Love First uh, last night for the first time, which is another one. Or First Love, yeah. yeah. I got it back dyslexic whatever yeah. uh but you know it reminded me a lot of pulp fiction yeah uh but the, the part that cracked me up the most in that movie is you know at one point uh after 
grabbing the grabbing the drugs and they're in like the the getaway car. Uh, you know, yeah. there's that whole whole scene where uh, the drug addict chick uh, is basically like snorting the cocaine off the guy's crotch, and then we we cut to like the warehouse or whatever wherever they're trying to hide. And yeah. you see the guy who is just coked out of his effing mind, uh, and he's getting into, like, almost like a samurai battle, like, samurai sword versus a gun in the guy's case. Yeah. Uh, with someone that uh, didn't quite get killed like she was supposed to, and you just see her, like, chopping off the guy's arm, and he just look. you see all the, like, theatrical blood spewing out everywhere. And yeah. the guy was holding the gun in one hand, and that was the one that was cut off. So you see him reach down, trying to, like, pry his own hand open that's on yep. the ground. And the whole time yep. I'm just like, man, like, you know, it's 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 rough. But, you know, it's, it's all of those things. And, you know, even though there are some things that maybe people would consider to be more toned down based on Mikkei's standards... Yeah. Um, I haven't really found anything that I haven't really enjoyed from like a first viewing experience. So yeah. I'm just gonna keep the ball rolling until I yeah. find something that I don't like. And even yeah. if I don't like something, I know there's still plenty within that wheelhouse because this I, is someone who has a hundred plus features yeah. already. He, I, I rewatched uh, Ichi the Killer last night, which is that movie. Even for someone like me who watches as much stuff, that that man goes to for uncomfortable in a way that very other like few other film directors do like he wants to make you squirm in your seat mm-hmm. when he's doing these movies like the there's there are rape scenes in that movie they're just like uh, you kind of cringe when they happen and there's like there's extreme torture stuff and this is it came out in what 2000 or 2001 and it's like this it's uh 2001 this is stuff like before the whole like torture porn genre started going in the in the U.S. Right, because that really kicked off with Saw in two thousand six, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, then it was and Hostel so, that really, yeah, and then the that Hostel, came, yeah. But this is stuff that you're like, nothing. That movie had at one point they're trying to cut a good a guy's dick in half, it, like in the just randomly in the middle of the room, and like it just right like. Yep, this is it. They're ripping people's a guy rips the guy's <laughs> arm off while you're just sitting there. Mm-hmm. It is it's it goes into sadomasochism, which is not a easy subject to do like like and he does it in this just really unique way and it while having this dark comedy going at the same time and just going this guy it's none like you know watching these movies how he can do as much directing he has because they're all kind of minimalistic, right? When it comes to like He's not having big set pieces or big, like, you know, real big action scenes. It's all usually character stuff. You talk about the Yakuza stuff, and that's a lot of the focus in, um, in, uh, in Ichi the Killer. The, the, a boss gets killed, and they're running around looking for the killer. Um, but he just he takes what he does and makes it ex- as extreme as it can. Like, that movie has scenes where just blood squirting out of fucking doorways and stuff like that. And, the guy, the the Ichi the killer is killing everyone with his shoe. He's got like a, a, a blade in his shoe, and he at one point he cuts someone in half, like like head to toe. And I'm like, but the blade isn't like you need like a six foot long blade to go through people like this. But it doesn't care because he's mm-hmm. just you know doing this crazy extreme, you know, Takashi Miike style, <laughs> where it's just like he he doesn't have like you talk about zero to a hundred. This motherfucker is going like zero to a thousand like instantaneously because 
The opening credits, if you've <laughs> never seen Ishii the Killer, the opening credits, the title crawl literally comes with a guy coming on a plant and then the, the title comes from the semen. It's, the, <laughs> it's just, how, how bonkers mm. is that? So you know immediately this guy doesn't mess around and he's going to sh- show you what he wants to do and do it his way, right? Yeah, it's... uh. Uh, it's immediately jumping into the perverse aspect of his filmmaking. And what's weird yeah. to me, too, is, you know, you look at other movies uh, in, like, Japanese cinema, and there are a lot of, like, those psychosexual uh, yeah. type subgenres within Japan cinema. And, you know, kind of, I think, the one that most people will probably know is Tetsuo the Iron Man, yeah. uh, which is its own very unique thing for its time that uh, is kind of like... Uh, how to describe it? It's kind of like a racer head if it if it was just about a guy inserting metal rods into himself, essentially, yeah. but the entire time. And then you just have these really awkward uh, sexual encounters in that movie. But, you know, that's what I love about Takashi Miike. You don't know what's going to happen. You just know that at one point it's going to get off the rails. On another mm-hmm. time, they're just going to keep erasing the ante and you just can expect a shit ton of blood and guts everywhere. Uh, and other yeah. bodily fluids, for that matter. Yeah. I mean, it, it's funny because, like, a lot of the horror hounds in the U.S. especially um, are probably going to know him from Audition, right? Mm. And Audition is literally one of the strangest movies that I've ever seen just from tone, like, the tone of the movie. Because it's a movie that's like a romantic comedy slash drama. It's really a drama for most of it where this this widow is... Uh, widower is trying to like look for a new wife and he does some kind of shady stuff to find her and then it all backfires and then people still see that movie as a torture porn movie but it it has like a five to ten minute sequence at the very end of the movie that's it it's a it's a weird mystery movie with like with his insane elements like you periodically get like the 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 puke bowl is the scenes in that movie because of how it's it's not an easy it's again i go back to the making you squirm in your seat kind mm-hmm. of thing right um and so he just he, he he just seems to make the movie exactly how he wants to make it and doesn't compromise right and one of the things i always loved about addition too is it doesn't necessarily show all that much you know no. when you see her kind of hovering over the guy and you know she's doing her you know kitty 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 you know, hum or whatever the heck it is. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and you just hear, you can hear, the, you can hear the tearing of the flesh. Yeah. And it's just like, that's one of the things that I really love about horror in a nutshell is just, you don't always have to show the gratuity when it comes to the gore, because your yeah. imagination is more times than not going to be a yeah. lot worse than whatever is going to be displayed on the screen. Yeah. And there are times yeah. when he just doesn't shy away from the gore. And then there's other times that he just hones in on that minimalistic approach that you were talking about, where yeah. I feel like from uh, title to title, you kind of get different uh, flavors in regards to like what extent he's willing to go to in order to show yeah. you know that sort of imagery on the screen. So yeah. you know it's kind of it's kind of a toss up. You kind of don't know going into any Takashi Miike film what area of the spectrum you are going to get, and it just makes it that much yeah. more inviting for a film it's, experience. It's funny because like we were talking about it before we started recording, but he's his like if you go and talk to film critics in the United States, his his thing that got the credit or got the attention was the 13 assassins right mm-hmm. and 13 assassins is a 
pretty historically based movie about these assassins who are trying to take out this uh this like rogue lord that like they can't let like take over the country basically and the movie doesn't have it actually tones down a lot of the crazy elements from his movies like it doesn't do like you know like the sadosexual like things that we're talking about with his other stuff but it does it does violence like he loves to do and it does it really really well and the movie is from like a it's a pretty not tame movie but more of a I think it's more of a like a, it feels kind of like a western take on a mm. like a on a samurai movie like he's doing his version of what a westerner would do about a a samurai movie right Yeah and I think that's kind of important for filmmaking too because we haven't always necessarily had that sort of uh eagerness to explore foreign horror or just filmmaking in general because it wasn't yeah. until really Parasite won best picture when a lot of more people were open to, you know, watching yeah. more films, whether it's, you know, French or Japan or anywhere, really, yeah. uh, to, you know, now we have uh, Titan, like, sweeping cans, uh, which yeah. recently got a theatrical release uh, in the in the U.S. on October 1st, which was another absolute boggers movie, which I would highly recommend. Yeah. Um, I haven't seen that one yet, <laughs> but I need to, yeah. It's, it's... It's definitely perverse uh, in all yeah. the right ways, uh, which is yeah. all you really need to know. Well, it's funny, though, too, because like that that effect is actually going back to Japan, too. Like mm -hmm. the, the Japan is like I've never heard of Japanese you know, remakes, but they're currently are going to like they have a cube remake coming out. They do. Which is which is kind of crazy, right? Because like you always think of you hear remake and you automatically think of America because it's always American like, you know, studios trying to capitalize on <laughs> films that had success in other mm -hmm. countries, right? Um, that's why we have uh, Countless. Old Boy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Old Boy I always go to. Uh, things like that. Like, let the, let the right one in going into Let Me In. Um, but it's 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 interesting to see like these other countries like kind of like you know embracing the cultures of other because that's one of the things like we talk about on murder moose a lot we talk about foreign horror because and it's one of those things that it's it's not always immediately easy to to get everything in a foreign film especially a foreign horror film because the horror is you it's embracing the 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 fears of the country right and so like all the things that make people scared in those countries it don't always translate. Mm -hmm. So it'll, it'll be interesting to see in like how that translates and how cube translates into, you know, Japanese cinema. But like, I feel like all this has a lot to do, do with how Takashi Miike's his, you know, his style is so prolific that it's, I mean, like you said, he's made 111, he has 111 directing credits, which is, it's the man just basically doesn't stop. He just doesn't ever stop. Like, I don't know how you're in production. Like even when he only does two movies a year, which is him slacking mm -hmm. <laughs> joke, joke. <laughs> he's like, he's like doing all this, he's doing the stuff crazy all the time. And you're talking about all his different, you know, genres and he's doing, he's doing kids movies. He's doing, he's doing, he's doing animes turned into films. He's doing, you know, all these yakuza films he he must really he must really have a real like you know yakuza you know kind of thing <laughs> um 
He even, I mean, he doesn't like, yeah, he just, he does so much and he's so prolific that it's like, I, I don't know how many other Japanese directors I could like, you know, name, right? Like it's, it's, he's up there with stuff that I think of some of the crazy lower budget Japanese stuff. Like, mm-hmm. I really enjoyed like versus like versus is an awesome movie. Um, but like the only Japanese director that like, you know, care his name carries over is Takashi Miike. He's the one who like has made such an impression on people like you and me that it, it means, you know, it just shows you how far his reach has been. Yeah. And I feel like just being in that conversation, uh, with Tarantino a lot, it kind of yeah. just transcends filmmaking where a lot, a lot of more people are just open to checking out his films. And I know, like right now, obviously, a lot of the discussion uh, in regards to like foreign cinema uh, is revolving around Squid Game and the success that that Damn. has found on Netflix uh, since it it is as of you know like three or four days ago, like the most viewed Netflix original yeah. uh, to date globally, which is amazing. Mm-hmm. Like I, I'm so glad to see how many more people are checking out and also shows how big the eastern market is uh too on top of that but the reason why i bring that up is sakashi miki actually has his death game uh type movie which is as the gods will yeah uh, which is i would say more toned down in regards to the -the over-the-top violence aspect of it uh, yeah. But this is a film that I'm constantly just thinking about because there are some just absolutely like ludicrous games in that movie yeah. uh, where I wouldn't say like they're, you know, the, the childlike ones that you would see in Squid Game. But, you know, if you are just coming off of watching Squid Game or watching uh, another series on Netflix like um, Alice in Borderland, which is another one in similar vein. Uh, check out As the Gods Will, because I think people will definitely enjoy that one. And the, the one yeah. scene I, I always go back to in that movie is with the snowboarding bear, because it it, it looks so comical, but it yeah. feels so out of place in that movie, yeah. where you're just like, <laughs> it has an effect on you where it's the only thing that you're going to be thinking of after you view it. And I just, I, yeah. I love the completely asinine things that you get to see in cinema. Oh, I think of the scene in each of the killer where a guy, I think he's running out of like a whorehouse or something, just completely naked, like down the street and, and everyone's just walking. Like ridiculous things happen in his movies and no one reacts to him. Like one of the last scenes in each of the killer, like this dude hangs himself from a tree and all these school kids are walking by and like, no one does like running away screaming. No one's doing it. Everyone's just like, whatever. Yeah, whatever. No <laughs> big deal. It's, it's like normal. It's like he, he has this like, like, other earth it's like you know the like it's like the, the all the like the loki and stuff like uh like we're on a parallel parallel earth where mm-hmm. like just this crazy shit happens constantly and uh it's it, it just i always appreciate when directors do things like that where they build their worlds like they do this thing where they like you kind of it the world's feel lived in and it doesn't have to be like it doesn't have to be like completely sane it doesn't have to be anything but like you feel like they're not like the world isn't just starting with the movie right like it's been there it, it like things exist like people operate everything works and everything that this uh takashi miki does feels like that it feels like it's this like he's got this whole world in his head and he knows he knows all the characters like from the from the dishwasher to the like the the yakuza to like the everything because he goes all over the place and he does all this stuff and he just 
it makes it makes all of his cinema feel like so much like so much like more real because it's not just like three characters it's the entire world right mm -hmm. Yeah, I get that. And, you know, since he is, like, such a busy person, too, I'm always in a position where I'm like, okay, I can, like, check out a new film every week, and I feel like I'm never going to get caught yeah. up in my lifetime. Yeah. And that's, like, how many directors can you actually say that about? And yeah. on, on the other hand, like, how many directors can you say you would actively go out of your way in order to pursue watching someone's yeah. entire filmography? And that's yeah. a category that Mike is in for me, where yeah. I could I could basically do it every week. Granted, not everything is released in the United States, and that can definitely yeah. make it very hard. Uh, you know, so hopefully we get to see some more stuff imported over. Uh, but you know, getting yeah. getting back to like the whole like remake discussion really quick. You know, the one thing I've always found intriguing about that is. You know, I, I understand the discussion of wanting to remake something for American audiences, but what I find more intriguing is just the amount of time that it actually takes to fast track a project in order to get into production, get shot, and get released yeah. in theaters. Because there have been instances in the past where I remember watching a movie that just premiered in its uh, origin country, and then I'm hearing about remake news and production two or three weeks later. And I think the last time that happened was with Silent House, uh, which yeah. was remade and released in the States. But, you know, it's it's a mixed bag like most remakes. Um, yeah. I, I think probably the most notorious one in a, in a good way was probably the Rain remake. A lot of people look up to yeah. or even like the original Grudge remake that they did in yep. the States. Everything beyond that just kind of uh, fell flat, uh, both with yeah. the rain and the grudge. And yep. we're not even going to talk about one missed call, which is uh, that that U.S. remake was absolutely garbage. <laughs> yeah, it's it, they got real like after that first grudge and after the first like uh, the ring stuff, they they I think they just started like renting out any properties they could that had been mm -hmm. successful in Japan. And and I think that it's. Japanese cinema is very, very unique. It's very, very like colorful and and like quirky and all the stuff and the, all the stuff that Takashi Miike does so well. Like, I know there's probably normal Japanese like you know like romantic comedies and stuff like that, but like anything that I ended up getting my hands on is off the wall bonker shit because <laughs> I mean we're looking for crazy, crazy movies, right? And like. I think of a movie called uh, Returnal, I think is or Re it was a movie that was basically it was E.T. meets the Matrix that I have a copy <laughs> of. And, and, some, and it was insane. And uh, talking about versus earlier versus mm -hmm. basically the Matrix versus uh, meets Evil Dead. And so it's like you just get all these stuff that are just these c complete bonkers, like hybrid, like, you know, concepts. And they just do they don't care about like. Like American filmmakers can't do things like this because they won't get budgets, they won't get the stuff. Like as long as these guys make these movies in in Japan and and are like, it doesn't matter if they're bonkers. Mm -hmm. They're like as long as people go see them, and I think it, it just seems like if they make money, they get to keep doing it. It doesn't work like that in America unless you're someone really, really, like you think about it. Like think about a movie like Rubber. Mm -hmm. Rubber like might probably have would have gotten way more attention in Japan if they would done like you know a crazy Japanese version of Rubber, but like 
Rubber is about a tire that rolls around and kills people. Yeah, blows Stuff it up like with that, its mind. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, with this meant. And there's a fourth wall shit in, in the movie's bonkers. Mm -hmm. But like shit like that doesn't get made over here. And like here's Takashi Miike making insane shit like this all the time, like all the time. And it's just he, it they. <laughs> You look at it because I think most people in America, when they think of Japanese cinema, or they're more thinking about like anime, right? It's mm -hmm. like the, the kind of what gets the attention. And there's a lot of people that love anime here, like things like Dragon Ball Z and Naruto and shit like that. But like, there's way more in that to like, like, then I mean, their cinema is bonkers. I mean, it's bonkers i i i would i i really need to find like like meet some japanese people and they can you point me to like like an equivalent to like the notebook what's the japanese <laughs> notebook what's the what's the japanese notebook you know uh, something like death this. note yeah <laughs> yeah man man that that we're, we're, yeah we're not <laughs> yeah oh, that's a sensitive oh. subject william william defoe though was good mm -hmm. um, but man that's, that's so it's like <laughs> Yeah, no, it doesn't. So it's it's just like it's so cool to see like this guy who gets to make these movies like this that are just like he does things that like wouldn't happen. And like we talk about Quentin Tarantino, you talk about Wes Anderson. Mm -hmm. He's got that like and he also's got the uh uh the 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 brothers that made Fargo. He kind of uh he's kind of got that kind of vibe. What's their name? I I'm drawing a blank. The Fargo directors. Um those two brothers. Um they the Co Coen brothers, mm -hmm. they kind of got, he's got like a Coen brothers feel like, uh, to it. Like there were like, you got these quirky characters in these quirky situations, right. That like, it just, they're a little bit quirkier, right. <laughs> just a little bit like it's, yeah, it's all like, it's just cool seeing someone just doing such, you know, off the wall stuff that is entertaining. And I'm sure there would be plenty of stuff that this guy does that we wouldn't be into again mm -hmm. like all these kid movies but everything i've seen of his i've seen probably five or six of his films and i've really enjoyed all of them 13 13 assassins is a legit like i think if you're not if you're scared of things like if you're scared of things like you know audition like if you're a little like tamer with movies it's very like it's very like if you could sit through things like Braveheart, mm -hmm. you could sit through Thirteen Assassins. It a lot of people get killed in that movie, a lot, and it's bloody. But like it's it's realistic things. It's not like Ichi the Killer where people are getting their faces ripped off and <laughs> like being hung from their backs and stuff like that. Oh and, yeah, the hooks. Know. Yeah, those are yeah the, best. the hooks. And yeah, then he's suspension. pouring like yeah he's he's doing suspension and he's like pouring hot oil while he, he like he was making tempura and then like pouring the oil on this guy's head and uh with his with his joker that that main that's another <laughs> thing the 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 main, the main character in that movie is has such a cool design with his blonde hair and this the scars and the the, mm. the cut face like joker yeah you and get the uh, like the that. whole dragon smoke effect basically yeah whenever he's smoking yeah, <laughs> yeah it's it really it's just unique and cool and like uh, again, Audition's a real important movie, I feel like. Uh, and you think when Tarantino for being here and getting all the attention it's gotten. Um, and it just everything, like I keep saying, everything I've seen of his. And you talk about things I haven't seen of his, and I'm mm -hmm. like, damn, I gotta check that out, you know? Um, his Western, like I said, was is was cool shit when I, what I remember. Uh, I, I don't know where my copy of it went. And you can't find streaming, like it's very hard. Like Shutter has Ichi the Killer right now, so mm -hmm. if you if you're on Shutter, check out Ichi the Killer. 
Um, and if you're not on Shudder, what are you, you waiting on? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, don't, I talk about. I think I talk about sh- like people might think I'm getting paid by Shudder at this point because I I don't shut the fuck up about it. But yeah, it's uh, Shudder's an amazing service. Yeah, and the it, it, the other one I would recommend people check out if they're into like the more oddity type movies would be Midnight Pulp. That's another really good streaming service who does a lot of the uh, like low budget grindhouse. Yeah, uh, movie. So that's another one that also kind of has the free selection and also kind of like the premium plus. Yeah, uh, as well. I wonder if there's somewhere on the internet. I bet there is. What like what the average? I'm gonna Google it while we're sitting here talking. Okay. What is the av- What is the average uh, budget of a Takashi Miike movie? If I had to guess, I would probably say between three and five million. Yeah. I think it's extremely low because most of his films are very profitable. Yeah, and it's he's doing so many of them. Like you think about it, it, when you're doing three films a year, you're not you don't have time to do big action sequences and CGI and and all that stuff. Um, yeah, who has time to do all that post production? You know, you got to fire up the next one and just go. Got to keep bringing in that money. Oh yeah, I mean it's. I I found an article as I'm looking for that, and on his hundredth movie, Blade of the Immortal. Like Quentin Tarantino's talking about quitting at his tenth movie, and <laughs> his tenth movie, and these guys are about the same age. Mm-hmm. Also, I figured out before we started recording. Okay, me and Tsukashi Minkai had the same birthday. You did. So <laughs> we're we're uh, fellow Virgos. So um, that explains but, a lot about you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it does. It does. I'm 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 just off. I'm, I don't think I'm as crazy as Takashi Miike, but. I'm, uh, well, I also I'm haven't very... seen you direct anything, so you know, yeah, we, exactly. maybe we don't know. <laughs> uh, maybe you give me a camera and like send yeah, me three, off three, three to five million dollars, and uh, yeah, yeah there you go. go. <laughs> I don't, I don't know what I'm going to do with it, but we'll figure something out. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's I, I feel like what look at look at the run that Mike Flanagan has had here over right. the last you know ten years. Like even then, like he's done three TV series and how many movies, like four movies five movies it, like and that's like that's like three years for Takashi. <laughs> like he's like doing all that so much like you know like he's just producing constantly and it's and it's such an impressive feat as someone who doesn't you know and they all make money like you said right it, they all make money he uh he also hire. He seems like he hires a lot of the same dir- uh, actors in his mm-hmm. movies because, like, kind of like Tarantino again. Uh, the 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 guy from uh, Audition was in Ichi the Killer. They they not the uh, main character, but the 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 kind of uh, creepy uh, producer who kind of came up with the idea for getting the uh, for getting the new wife. He plays one of the Yakuza in Ichi the Killer. So it's uh, man, it's I just. All of like, I very rarely in like with American films do things make me like kind of like uneasy. And (laughs) Takashi Miike does it all the time, like all the time. Like, I like no American film could do the 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 come opening screen title without like it would get like banned by the like MPAA, right? Yeah, immediately. And like so, stuff like that, and like it's it's funny because like do, diving into cinema from other countries, uh, you see things that you wouldn't ever see. Like 
did we talked about a movie called a uh, Dur Samurai on my uh, podcast and which has an erect penis at the very end of it mm-hmm. that automatically makes it porn like basically by the MPA and so it's like it's stuff that like the different standards for different countries uh it kind of like I I, I I'm assuming that Takashi Miike still like kind of pushes the limits for what the Japanese censors will la- allow right yeah yeah, and because... if I if I were to like cherry pick a project I want to see from Takashi Miike, and this, this is gonna go back to a remake discussion. I want to see Takashi Miike do his own take on something like Brain Damage, like bring in yeah. the show tune scene in penises, uh, with the hell <laughs> the whole LSD trip uh, extravaganza, yeah. because like. That type of movie would fit right up his alley, especially uh, with, like, the deep throat scene uh, in Brain Damage. (laughs) You know, it's just... I feel like it's just suited perfectly for him. He could go in one of 800 different directions. uh, And, you know, I'm sure he could get the money, no problem, to back any sort of project that he wants. But he does strike me as a filmmaker who is probably going to work until he dies. Like, he's very Clint Eastwood in that retrospect, where, you know, Eastwood is coming out with the movie... Basically every year, it seems like. Yeah, yeah. He's. I mean, with him being sixty, I mean, it's. Taren, I mean, uh, uh, Clinton Eastwood's got what twenty five years on him. Like yeah. Clinton, Clinton is like mid eighties at this point. Um, I I think of like so like I haven't played him, but the Yakuza games. I feel like if he like he he did like a a bonkers Yakuza video game like movie, it might be kind of crazy because he's done video game movies. If you look through his like, uh, like. The newest one was like a role playing game kind of thing where they like all dress up like weird characters and stuff like that. I watched a streamer play it and I'm like, man, Takeshi might, Takashi Mike might could do some crazy shit with something like this too. Like, you just go with anyone whose imagination is like that broad and like, you know, is willing to dive into so many different directions. It it just shows you that he'll he'll try anything and like. It's funny because we're talking about all these different kinds of films he's done and, you know, directions he's gone. He changes genres like like more than almost any director. Like it goes back to Quentin Tarantino again because Quentin Tarantino is always changing genres, right? Mm -hmm. Like like if you're doing all these different types of movies, like in different things, like a, a horror movie isn't exactly the same to direct as an action movie, right? Like it's it's not that he's doing like fast and furious type movies like but like he does dramas and horrors and all the in like kids movies it looks like uh again not seeing all this stuff so if something's called ninja kids and it, we, we don't know we like we don't know if people are getting their heads chopped off and shit like did all over it but it's again it's hard because he's done 111 movies you can't <laughs> we how many of these have made it to the US i'm not sure but it it seems probably like 10 15 of them maybe <laughs> if that like, yeah it's like again like the only one that's ever gotten like like you know gotten played in like like art house film the, you know your theaters here was like 13 assassins that was the mm. one that critics reviewed and did all this stuff so it it just shows you that it doesn't you don't need hollywood to like be a prolific director right no it just i mean Hollywood makes things big and you know fancy. It kind of things make, makes me think of the 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 Troman movies from the eighties, right? Okay. Like, where they're like they're putting out all these movies like on a continuous basis, right? And 
those movies weren't as high quality, right? But like, <laughs> it, like a lot of them were entertaining. But like, it's that just you're putting out movie after. It's kind of like it's kind of like just the VHS revolution, right? All those directed because like, I think it, it, we we talked about it before, but like he's like his movies all get theatrical releases, but like. I don't think the theatrical releases in Japan are as special, right? Like it's, I mean, not as, what am I trying to say? It's like, they're like there for like two weeks and then like mm-hmm. they're on video or whatever. Yeah. It's a limited right? run. Yeah. Plus, so. you, you know, you're not having as many screens either. I mean, yeah. too, compared to the U.S. But like, that's, yeah, there's, that's, yeah. that's a whole other thing. Cause obviously, you know, you're not going to make as much money uh, in some cases. And, you know, we see a lot of like U.S. movies going over and making a, buttload of money overseas uh too yeah. and some movies perform a lot better overseas like i think probably yeah. the first thing that will come to mind as a, a as a gamer would be like world of warcraft when they did the movie yeah. it made a fuck ton of money uh yeah. in like asia not so much in the u.s because it was um panned by a yeah. lot of critics and a lot of the gaming community uh as yeah. well but you know that's one of the things that i just like about miki you know it's that vibrant perversion where yes it is very similar to trauma um but it's not as low uh like budget schlock as like a trauma movie is yeah (laughs) it was more of a comparison with like just like the the like it's like a factory line Mm -hmm. with him right he's just like Mm -hmm. he's like produce like because where are you getting scripts that you're doing three movies in a year like you're like just think about that. Like you're doing movie after movie after movie. Like that's th- like four months to make a movie to make a movie. You're doing like casting, shooting, editing in four months. And then next one, casting, shooting, editing, and like over and over and over again. And like his slow years, two movies a year. That's like s- six months. Like shit. You think about like, look at a Marvel movie, like in America again, CGI and everything. But like, those movies are done like six months before they like, like, you know, before mm-hmm. they like appear in cinemas. And like, that's not what Takashi Miki is doing. He's doing things and it's like, are in these small, like he practical effects. Like he does some CGI. Like there are some terrible CGI shots in, in Ichi the killer when he's like, with Ichi cuts a guy in half with his foot blade <laughs> thing. And you're just like, uh. but it's mostly just, practical effects i i we talk about we go back to tokyo gore police it it, it just it, if you've never seen it or ever heard of it just think of like the old school power rangers show just with immense amount of gore and mm-hmm. nudity added on top of it yeah it's, it's basically i mean the the best thing to compare it to in recent times would be like psycho Goreman. just think yeah. of it less as like the robotic aspect and more in regards to like mutations where instead of having a body part you have like a chainsaw or a bone saw yeah. or whatever and instead yeah. of having like a bottom half if you're a woman you have an alligator you know yeah. things like that <laughs> yeah but it's all practical effects so they have these practical things and they're not doing a bunch of cg that do little amounts of it uh and just have these small cheap productions it's Again, I I will always be a proponent for practical effects in mm-hmm. horror, and I know like the big story that's been like the last couple of days has been the uh, the Loomis makeup in mm-hmm. Halloween Kills, right? And how they they made this guy look exactly like Donald Pleasant, and like with just makeup. Yeah, and it looks and, fantastic. Yeah, and guess what? It's gonna look fantastic in fifty years. Mm-hmm. It it won't have some new CGI thing that makes it look like 
like crap in 50 years. Like it's this practical effects done well. <laughs> well, it's, it's, uh, it, and that's why like all of his films, Takashi Miki's film feels so pure because it's not, it, it kind of, you know, you watch his movies, they ha- kind of had that soap opera quality to mm-hmm. them, like with the, like, you know, kind of like, cause they're doing small sets and doing all that stuff, but he's doing practical effects and doing all this stuff. And it's like, okay, he's doing what he's doing and he's making the best out of his assets and just goes, fuck it. I'm doing this. And I think, I think he's, it, I think he's been offered, like, you know, to slow down and make bigger movies. I don't think he wants to, right? Like, <laughs> it's like, I no, no, what... I'm, I, I've, I'm doing good in this lane. Yeah. Fuck all of you guys. I'm staying here. <laughs> yeah. I mean, dude, 111 movies directing. 111. That, that makes people like me feel like we're lazy, right? Like we're, <laughs> we're not directing four films a year like that, you know? Mm-hmm. I get it. Like, yeah, it's it's just it's if you go look at his uh, go look at his IMDb and it's just it's so impressive. I mean, there are things that I'll never see because but like it's just so many movies, so many movies like and again, it, they're just he just keeps going, man, it just keeps going and doing his thing. And it's impressive because those movies that do make it here are are just really well done. I, they're weird. Mm-hmm. Again, you see the killer is a fucking weird movie. Audition is a weird movie that you just, you can't have a long going along for the ride. First love is a bonkers Tarantino type, like, you know, Wes Anderson type, like weird, like, you know, crime drama. And it's, that movie is pretty like tame in a lot of ways, but mm-hmm. it's also, it has his bonkers scenes, right? Like, because of the drugs and crazy people you're talking about <laughs> getting a hand and gun and shit like that yeah so it's uh the man can direct man and i'll i'll give i'll give anything he does like a shot if i you know i get to see it like as long as you can get your hands on it yeah exactly it's not very on any of them man like i bet you you go i bet i bet there are, are dark parts of the internet when i and i say dark parts of the internet what i mean is not exactly legal places that you could download <laughs> his movies. I mean, it's been a thing for a long time when mm-hmm. shit doesn't get translated over here. I was in college watching Naruto, like the anime, like long before it had gotten brought over to America because the people were translating it themselves and putting subtitles on it. And, uh, and and putting it out there. And this, I bet you there are places that you could probably track down <laughs> a lot of Takesha and Miki's uh, movies uh, and, you know, just uh, enjoy them there. But it, it, it's, again, it's the, one of those hard things about watching a director that has so much stuff and also is Japanese, you know? Yeah, because, like, there are, like, Japanese movie streaming sites that you uh, could sign up for, but, like, a lot of them don't actually stream in the U.S. Now, I haven't tried, like, a VPN or anything, uh, which would probably be the easy workaround, but, I mean, you know how VPN speeds can be. Like, if you're not paying for good ones, it might just be unplayable in in retrospect. But all in all, like, if if something is... uh, something you can acquire that is the Takashi Miike film, I, I would definitely recommend it because you, you you can really get just the overall vibe just from watching any movie of his to know whether or not you're going to love it. Is everything going to translate perfectly uh, for, like, a U.S. audience? Probably not. 
But because there are so many comparisons that you can take from his work to, say, Quentin Tarantino, I, I feel like that makes it easier for the U.S. audiences to kind of just ease into his filmography because it's more familiar to them than just the more batshit crazy Spider-House movies that we see elsewhere in Japan, which yeah. are a riot in their own right. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, I would say those have their own sort of extremes, and I don't think everyone would necessarily have the amount of patience required for some of those movies because a lot of people see something and they just write it off as like that's fucking stupid and then they yeah. just like why am i watching this and then they just yeah. stop watching it like they don't go yeah. along for uh the ride so to speak where they're yeah. just like all right i'm done i'm good i've seen it parts of it that's that's more than enough yeah. for me and then they just shelf it so I, mika's not I one feel, yeah i feel like there are you have the one I wouldn't for most people suggest like Ichi the killer is as your the first, first view. Yes. Him. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, but a movie like that, man, like you don't like, I know personally, I, I have to be like that move. If I'm in a bad mood, trying to watch it or like in the wrong mood, trying to watch that movie, like I, that, op I, I tried to watch it a couple months ago in the uh -huh. opening cr credit scene. I'm like, okay, I, not today. Like just because it's like, it's a lot. I'm not saying it's, always a lot but like you have to be in kind of a mood to watch the the bonker stuff and like he just it's it's just someone that in in a country like america that has so much where the the creative people get so much of their you know free will taken away by studios mm -hmm. and producers and stuff like that it's just so good to see a guy who just apparently makes the movies that he wants to make and makes them how he wants to make them and makes exactly what he wants because that's what he he loves to do, right? <laughs> See, all I took from that rod was like, uh, from your perspective, is you want to be forewarned before you get hit with the money shot with <laughs> the I title mean, credits. Just, just give, me, give me a fair warning before cum is dripping into a number one. I mean, I have like, I'm not saying I'm opposed to it. What I'm saying is just give me a fair warning, like like a like a countdown, like three, yeah. two, one. Blast Ooh. off, yeah. Yeah, blast <laughs> off. Yeah. Uh, so I don't I mean I, I I think we covered a lot of it. Like mm -hmm. I, it's so hard to it's so hard to completely dive in because of just you and I like for we've watched more Takeshi Mike movies than probably ninety nine percent of the the population, right? And <laughs> like. And we still have barely seen any of them. Mm -hmm. I, like I said, I, I've seen, I think I've seen, I've seen Audition, Ichi, uh, the the Western, uh, 13 Assassins, and then First Love. So I think I've seen like five of his films. Mm -hmm. And that's like a drop in the, that's. It's literally a drop in the bucket. <laughs> it's not 5% of his movies because 111. So you're going like three or four percent of his movies I've seen and. Yeah, so. I, I guess like even if you factor like what is not readily available to you, like yeah. that will bring the number down, but it's still a, a, just a drop. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you're you're getting such a small context of the 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 content this man has created, mm -hmm. and you go, well, I mean, it 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 is what it is, and and I it really I I did really enjoy your point about parasite because I feel like that is opening eyes, and maybe it will get more people going back and watching more of his stuff but like even shutter doesn't have that much japanese cinema on it no. it's like it's got little amounts it's got stuff like 
you know if dark waters is still on there definitely go watch that that's one of my favorite like asian cinema i I haven't seen that one there's a lot more that like even for what i have seen with asian Mm -hmm. cinema old boy is still probably my favorite of all time but like there is korean cinema you know the squid game thing Mm -hmm. korean cinema is i often think korean cinema is better than america's cinema for in a lot of ways and it's good to see squid game getting that attention and I just think that maybe if people go out there and open up their eyes, they'll find more gems like Takashi Miki because it's, he's just such a unique director and such a, like, it's such a weird tone. Like the such a weird, like you go, what is happening? Okay. Right. <laughs> you just can't, it's, it's like a roller coaster with like gore and like the dude in Ichi cuts his tongue off, like, because he offends the Yakuza and so, like stuff like that. It's just like, what, what? And he's so stuff like that. And like the audition is a weird movie. Like we talked about, so everything he's done has been pretty cool that I've seen. So he's a director that I think more Westerners need to check out. Absolutely. I cannot agree more. Uh, but yeah, we, we are kind of like getting to that point where, uh, my movie stream starts fairly soon. So I yep. think we should probably wrap it yep. up. Um, let's wrap it up for time limits anyways. Um, absolutely. So why don't you tell everyone where they can find you real quick? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, well, I'm on Handle with Scare. We release weekly episodes every Thursday. Uh, we are a horror podcast, of course, on the Slashing Cast Podcast Network, uh, focusing more on the phobias uh, that horror movies emphasize. And you can find us, uh, you know, on Twitter primarily is probably the best place to find us at Handle with Scare. Uh, we also have a website at handlewithscarepod.com. And of course, you know, we're available on all major podcatchers. And I am on Murder Moose. It's a horror, uh, podcast that f- focuses on foreign and indie horror. We've been doing a lot of crazy stuff because I've been kind of like winging it with co-hosts lately. Um, <laughs> well, you all, but, you two are also kind of crazy. So, you know, it, I, it that, makes sense. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, that is also the truth. But we do a lot of that stuff. And our, we have our Murder Moose uh, uh, dot com. And we have our Twitter. And everything is uh, Murder Moose Pod. And we just release daily or weekly. Yeah, we release daily. <laughs> <laughs> but we release weekly podcasts and uh and you can find them on all major podcast catchers also so thanks for uh <laughs> hanging out with us guys it was a blast talking about takashi miki yeah and uh be sure to stay tuned for the rest of the virtual convention hose it by slash and cast and we'll see you guys next time <laughs>